This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome to The War Room. It's Natalie G. Winters hosting today, filling in for Stephen K. Bannon on Wednesday, January 31st in the year of our Lord, 2024. We've got a packed show for you today covering a ton of issues, as you could imagine, not just the southern border, but don't worry, we will be talking all things sovereignty. But before we get into that, and I'll just cut right to it, I won't even give you an opening monologue because I think this story is that important to cover. But we have a lovely couple, uh, the Kolstads, joining us. And I have to say, you seem like wonderful, lovely people, but it is an utter disgrace and shame that I have to meet you this way because of what the state is is doing um, to your daughter. Now, I want to read a little summary from the press release because the story is almost so unbelievable that I think if we go through it chronologically, uh, the viewers, it might be a little hard to, I think, compartmentalize and really internalize it. So I I saw this story first on the Gateway Pundit. Uh, Montana traffics teen girl to Wyoming fully revokes parental custody. Uh, In April 2023, Montana passed State Bill 99, making it illegal to medically transition minors. In August, against their wishes, Montana Child Protective Services transported Todd and Krista Kolstad's 14-year-old daughter to Wyoming to treat her sudden-onset gender dysphoria. On January 19, 2024, a judge fully revoked their custody for refusing to transition their child and told them to remove an online video telling their story. So I'm, of course, honored to have you guys on here to tell your story. Um, But before we get into the granular details about what you guys have been putting up with and really combating, I'd love if you could just give a little insight, you know, your background, your daughter, how how you kind of ended up here in the war room. Sure. Do you want to do that? Oh, you go ahead. <laughs> okay. So um, Todd and I have been married since 2017. And so I am actually Jennifer's stepmother. And um, with that being said, Todd's always been a single parent to the kids that he had in his care. And um, he had a divorce to the birth mom. And so that kind of brought me into the picture after that when our daughter was six going on seven. So from what I recall in reading the press release, it seems like your daughter had struggled with perhaps some mental health issues, anxiety, um, but it seems like as of late, uh, how CPS got involved, you guys ended up in the hospital, there was some talk about a, a potential suicide attempt, but it seems like from there, once you guys sort of started interacting with government officials or medical professionals, that that was how you ultimately got to the point where, if I'm not mistaken, your your custody of your daughter was revoked because you refused to affirm the idea that she was either transgender or, or suffering from gender dysphoria. Correct. So um, 
what had happened is she had made a suicide threat to another child. And then at that point, um, a, a, a officer from the local police department called our home. It was 1.48 p.m. And at that point, he had said that your daughter had made this threat and we were he was concerned. And so I spoke to the officer on the phone and I walked back to where our daughter was and I spoke to her and I let him know that she had some behavior issues that we were trying to work through, that I didn't believe she did these things and that I would certainly monitor her and then call for police or emergency services if we thought she needed them. So that was at 1.48. So at about 7.40 that night, CPS showed up at our house because the officer was unable to see the child or speak to the child directly, even though he didn't ask to do those things. And that's kind of where the nightmare started. Yeah. So from there, what I understand, you end up in the hospital culminating with, I want to read this quote because it's quite powerful. 15 minutes later, CPS and police delivered a court order taking custody of their daughter because they were, quote, unable or refusing to provide medical care. Uh, they were told they could not communicate with their daughter. Now, when they say that you did not want to provide your daughter, whom you, of course, love dearly, provide with, quote, medical care, what was it exactly that you objected to that caused the authorities to get involved? Well, our daughter spent five days in the hospital, and when she got to the hospital, we let them know we didn't think that she had drank the toilet bowl cleaner or taken painkillers, and they did a blood test, and then ultimately it came out that she, none of those things were in her system. She had not done that. But the hospital, things kind of spiraled, where they, they called her by the wrong name, the wrong pronouns. Um, you know, it was a constant battle with them to get them to ex respect us as her parents and as the parental figures. And then on the night of August 22nd, we were told uh, she was next in line for a bed in Billings for an inpatient facility. And at that point, um, we, when we left the hospital, we were told that she was next in line for a, for a Billings bed. But then about 7.30 that night, the hospital called us and said that a bed had opened up in Wyoming and she needed to go. And so at that point, we were very confused and upset because we had briefly talked about Wyoming earlier in the week and we were told it was most likely not a possibility and not something that we even needed to worry about. Wyoming doesn't have the same protections in place that Montana does, so we expressed our concerns about that. So within 10 minutes of this phone call saying, this bed opened up, your daughter has to go, Todd and I were like, well, where? What facility? What are our rights? Who's protecting us? Within 10 minutes of that phone call, that's when we were served papers removing her from our care. Yeah, and, and leading up to that during that week, one of the nurses there was talking about her, she herself getting top surgery in front of our daughter. And there was also talk about Wyoming, enough that it drew our attention. So we looked up online, what's special about Wyoming? And if you look at the map, Idaho, Montana, North and South Dakota have laws preventing uh, transgender care to children behind their parents' back or without parental approval. Wyoming does not. So there was this undertone, even in the communication around us, that we expected them to say Wyoming, even though they were telling us Billings. So we kind of saw it coming. 
So just put us, put the audience, you know, in, in the room. Did it seem like the overall push coming from whether it was CPS, it sounds like you said one of the hospital uh, workers was talking about a top surgery, which I believe is a, a double mastectomy, right, um, for your young then 14-year-old daughter. Did it seem like they had already sort of come to the conclusion by the time, you know, she was getting treatment there that she had needed to go to Wyoming or, you know, the transgender, the gender affirming care, however they want to euphemistically term it, that that was what she needed? Were they consulting with her on a mental health level? Or did you feel like there was an agenda uh, already sort of predetermined when you stepped through that door? Well, they were they were addressing her mental health needs, I I feel, where they could. Um, The problem was the they were also trans transitioning her against our wishes. This was against our wishes. We wanted her to be called by her birth name, her birth pronouns, and they continued to call her Leo, he, him. They gave her men's products. Um, and they didn't talk about her having the surgery particularly. It was an aide that sat outside her door that was talking about how she herself was going to have this, this um, top surgery and also how she identified as non-binary. I felt like it was an agenda right from the start because it went from zero to 60 with that. And we, we stayed very respectful to the staff. Um, we did turn in a complaint about some of the things they were saying and doing that were completely inappropriate with a little girl in, in the room. But with that said, uh, they would do just what my wife just said. They would roll their eyes at us um, and continue to call our daughter as a male, as a male the whole time. And um, we had never saw that side of our daughter ever because she just took that and went with it. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. So then flash forward a little bit to the point where I understand you guys lose custody. Your daughter is is currently in Wyoming, I, I believe, or, or where, no, no, no. yeah, so, so where she, are we currently? She went, from, she went from the Wyoming facility, and then in September, she was transported back to Montana and put in a group home. So she's been in a group home setting since September here in Montana. So and is that because um, they revoked your custody? Where Where is her voice in all of this? Um. Well, her voice is that she wants to be referred to as a boy and she wants to be transitioned. However, instead of letting us as parents weigh in on that decision, they have socially transitioned her. She's allowed to have men's products. She's allowed to have a chest binder. She wears all boys clothes. She shaved her head into a male haircut. Um, We were not consulted on any of this. So she was socially transitioned without our consent. And on January 19th, was a court hearing and at that point child protective services wanted to end our case and place her with her birth mother who's in canada who's never really had a relationship with her and um, the judge ruled that she would be in the care of cps for six months and then placement would be with her birth mother in canada so our rights have not been terminated however our custody has been terminated yeah they they don't just so that don't cause confusion they're not when they said they're going to place custody in Canada, they don't mean they're going to wait for six months. They mean they're going to send her there as quickly as they can, and CPS is going to retain custody until the six-month mark. So if that makes so more sense. It, 
Of course. And it struck me as interesting that you guys are in the press release, the word trafficked was used. And I think that that is an apt description because you guys don't essentially have agency autonomy or any rights over what is happening to your daughter. But I'm just curious from from a personal perspective, you know, you said you felt like there was an agenda. Is the only reason that you feel like you guys have had your rights essential and your daughter stripped from your loving care because you refused to say that she was a boy? Was there any other things that they pointed to or was that 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 was it? Um, to answer that one part, prior to all this, prior to um, her going to Billings, they sent a guardian ad litem and things were friendly when the guardian ad litem came over. However, she said one thing. She said, are we going to be willing to raise her as a boy and call her by a boy at least 80% of the time or more? And she said, if we're unwilling to do that, then you're not going to like what we have to say in court. So that statement pretty much said it all. All right. Correct. And so um, there were a few allegations made towards my husband and I regarding our daughter, but um, they were never proven. We even provided documentation of people that there was an employee that had lived at our house and we provided documentation from this employee that he had never seen us being inappropriate or drinking or carrying on, which is what the allegations were against us. And we have to remember these allegations came from a a very angry 14-year-old child. Um, They weren't proven. There, There was nothing like that going on. And I'm I'm just curious, you know, Wyoming, Montana. I'm in, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, so I've been used to this whole kind of gender dysphoria madness since I was in high school. But people like to think that those are relatively, you know, conservative states. I'll hold you through the break if if you can. Um, but what is kind of your warning that you would give to parents who maybe think, even though if they're in a red state, you know, that they're immune from it, but how I mean, how fast did this this happen? Like, what what would you say to parents? Should they be concerned that this could happen to them too? Yes, it, it, um, absolutely. Yeah. So to emphasize, if they get away with this or with what they're doing, this means any child that whether it's transgendering, whether it's doing anything that parents would deem bad for them, but the child wants to do, all the child would have to do then is say, well, I'm depressed. I might even kill myself if I can't have my way. And and then CPS would take them because that's exactly what happened to us. There's nothing else. So, and it was immediate. And we got to jump to break, but I want to hold you guys through. But War Room Posse, and let's get it up in our chat channels. You can see they have a Give, Send, Go link. They just took it off off the screen. But if you guys want to put that back up or go to the page, uh, you can go there in the meantime to help support this legal battle. This really, I mean, you know, we, we end the show with modern day holy war. I think that's a, a vast and, and pretty accurate summary of what we're up against. We'll have the Kolstads back after the break to, do- to drive you. As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. 
Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898, and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. With an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the war room. I think the uh, audience, I think your heads are are blowing up. I know my producer, who, who I don't even know if he always watches the show, just texted me saying, I'm pissed off at this story. So I'm not, again, not glad for the sake of the Colstads, but I'm glad we can get the word out there. We know that the trans issue is always talked about, I think, so often in the kind of cultural paradigm. But we know there is, of course, the big pharma angle to it as well. That's why you don't want to be relying on big pharma, let alone the Chinese Communist Party, which is why you got to go to jacemedical.com uh, so you can get your prescription drugs. Check out, see what they have. Of course, not made in the Chinese Communist Party and not supporting the, uh, I would say, pharmaceutical industrial complex that is equally aiding and abetting this transgender madness, this gender dysphoria craze. Um, but the Kolstads are still with us. And I want you guys, before I let you go, to plug the Give Sun Go, let people know how they can help you. But uh, real quick, you know, I'm curious. I know you guys have been getting the word out there on your story, and I'm sure after coming on on War Room, uh, there'll be a lot of, I would say, pushback, or you'll you'll get a lot of media attention for this. But have you had any help? People reaching out, you know, elected officials, Republicans. Um, what have you guys sort of received in terms of help from legislators? We we've had a few um, lawmakers reach out to us and be supportive, but um, basically. I think our our governor in Montana, I think he's embarrassed by the way that this has been handled. And I think the best way to address that being embarrassed is to just kind of sweep it under the rug and make it seem like, well, they followed procedure when there's no procedure saying that any family has to transition their child against their wishes. That's not a law. That's that's not even that's nothing that we have to you know, we have the right to raise our child the way that we see fit. Yes, and the lawmakers have been great. They've pointed out that um, they did not follow the laws in this case. The actual lawmakers said that. And additionally, their way of dealing with this has been to gag order, like how they gag ordered us. And by doing that, it takes away your ability to reach out to other people for awareness or to get help. I mean, we're talking about an agency who has like a $3.5 million budget and they should be able to do better and meet families' needs. And our child had a need and it was not met. Instead, it was, you know, it was basically, well, the Colstads need to accept her as a boy and move on with their lives. And that's just not something we're willing to do. We wouldn't accept her as a unicorn, um, you know. No, you guys are, are right. And we focus so much on this show, on the attacks on, on the nuclear family and frankly, just reality when it comes to gender. And I'm sure the audience and everyone will, will pray for you and the fact that you guys stood up for truth 
And I hope, I pray that down the road, your, your daughter sees that too. So if people want to support you guys, stay up to date with this case, where can they go to do all of that? Um, well, there's a lot of news media right now c- covering the story. There's a lot of things going on on Twitter. Um, the Give, Send, Go is a good way. That way, you know, we can help try to find a lawyer who will be able to take our case and, and help out. Um, it, and that's strictly what, what we're trying to do at this point is get our daughter back. Um, we love her and we don't plan on, you know, abandoning her or anything like that. Absolutely. Todd and Krista, thank you so much for joining me. Like I said, I'm sorry we had to meet on these terms, but I applaud your bravery, courage, and like I said, standing up for the truth with your daughter and for coming on this show to share your story. So thank you so much, and I'm sure the audience, in addition to supporting you guys, will keep you in their prayers. So thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. Of course. How about that? We can't even secure our own southern border, but we're getting ready to uh, export actual American citizens who are suffering from mental illness. But because some crazy transgenders who work at a hospital are pushing top surgeries on them and big pharma uh, profits want to go skyrocketing because they want this trans madness to keep happening. We send this poor 14 year old girl to Canada. I think that's a little bit of a, a messed up worldview, but I guess that's what uh, the Democrats want us to believe. Speaking of messed up worldviews, the best person to break all that down and more is Joe Allen. But as always, he has a wonderful cold open to lead into his appearance. So Denver, if you want to roll that, let's go. It's really simple. I basically don't trust anything in reality, not authority, not my mind, not my perception, nothing. I just trust data and numbers. And the only thing I believe in is I don't want to die. Brian Johnson is a successful entrepreneur who has spent every minute of the last three years entirely devoted to not just slowing the aging process, but actually reversing it. What if I tried to become the best in history at not dying? Because we're up against this wall of fog with superintelligence. We can't see. We can't see past it. The moment you apply this superintelligence, computational intelligence, even its current form, not even even future forms, it breaks humans' brains of what is actually genius, what is possible. And so our future is basically going to be a continuous stream of breaking our reality. So I call this Gen Zero. And this is basically to say like, hey, everybody, we're right now in a moment, like the last moment where like things kind of have been how they have been, but they're about to change radically. And in this new future, we can't predict what's going to happen. We no longer have the ability. And so we're living in a zeroth world. And so Gen Zero is a group of multi-ethnic, multinational people who rise up and they say, we are willing to courageously step into the future. And we're willing to divorce or open to divorce from ourselves, all human norms, all human customs, all human thought, and we're willing to say we're wide open about everything. Absolute blank slate. I don't even know what that man just said. And keep in mind, they mock us for saying that we're Christian nationalists, populists, MAGA. What the heck is a multi-ethnic, multinational people rising up for the zeroth 
it's absolute, I'm sure, as Steve would say, gobbledygook. Um, but there's, of course, a more sinister agenda behind it. So, Joe Allen, if you would take it away and walk us through what the heck. Uh, I mean, I, believe me, I hate Gen Z. Now we got Gen Zero. What, what the heck is Gen Zero? Well, Natalie, uh, great to be here. I, not under these circumstances. I, it, this <laughs> statement is directly related to the sad story we just heard insofar as the ideas, the idea that reality is malleable, that uh, the human being is in some sense a blank slate to be written upon. That was, of course, Brian Johnson. I call him Brian Baby Vampire Johnson because among the many human norms that he has defied, uh, the human uh, taboo against vampirism, he is a fan of what's known as parabiosis. That is a process in which older people uh, inject the blood of younger people, and in his case, that includes the blood of his own son. What Mr. Johnson was talking about is the rise of artificial superintelligence, an idea that these guys hold like a religious prophecy, and that come artificial superintelligence, once you reach the point where AI goes from chat GPT and alpha fold and things like that and Dali uh, up to artificial general intelligence and then superintelligent AI far beyond human beings' capacities, that there's no way to predict where it will go, that all possibilities will be on the table. And so therefore, this is generation zero. And those people who are willing to discard all previous human norms, all previous expectations, will be part of this generation zero. They will be, in essence, gods able to determine their own forms Transhumanists call this morphological freedom, and they will be able to reprogram themselves. They will be, in that sense, blank slates for corporations to rewrite their genome, to rewrite their brains, and in the case of what they dream of with artificial intelligence and robots, uh, to rewrite reality itself. So, Joe, I, I want to hold you too, um, but real quick, can you give us, I know this is a little unrelated, but just your sort of breakdown. There was a hearing today on Capitol Hill, believe me, much to the dismay of, of big tech CEOs, um, but about the sexual exploitation of children on these big tech social media platforms. Your brief thoughts, I'll hold you through the break, but I'll, I'll let you start. You know, Natalie, in, in general, I'm not a huge fan of politics and politicians. Uh, I think that the the first sign that a politician has something going wrong in his head is that he's telling the truth, but that's not always the case. And, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of Josh Hawley. And as usual, Josh Hawley came through for us. He grilled Mark Zuckerberg, skewered him, held him over the fire. And Zuckerberg, of course, this time forced to be in person, uh, just babbled, uh, dissimulated, and was unable to give any kind of coherent response, even given his lame apology to the families whose children have either been severely damaged or killed themselves because of the kind of psychosis that social media platforms like Facebook really induce in a lot of children. So I would say that insofar as the political theater goes, uh, I got to give a, a huge hand to uh, Josh Hawley, even Amy Klobuchar, who works closely with Hawley, uh, even Ted Cruz, and I'm not going to say Lindsey Graham impressed me. <laughs> 
I'm just going to say that at least he, for once, he landed on the right side. So, um, yeah, I, I would say that as on the whole, you know, you had Mark Zuckerberg, um, you had uh, Linda uh, uh, Yacharino, uh, I believe this is pronounced, uh, from X, the uh, CEO of X, uh, and also uh, Chu from TikTok. Congress showed a, a lot of uh, will to hold them to account, at least in their rhetoric. As far as legislation and actual uh, policy goes, we'll see. Joe, you know, it'd be a heresy to say Lindsey Graham ever did something well here in the war room. So I'm glad you uh, reflected that editorial line. Hang with us. We'll have Kristen Hawkins from Students for Life joining us. We'll have Joe Allen. Got Mike Lindell and another fire-breathing Mike Powell from Heritage to go through the latest on what's going on at the southern border and what Republicans are failing to do to stop it. We'll be right back. Are you tired of progressive corporations and exhausted trying to keep up with all the virtue signaling when you're simply trying to buy products? Progressive corporate America continues to push messaging that further alienates conservative Americans all while eroding the future of the American dream. It's prominent all over the country. Companies like Starbucks strong-arming their customers to support abortion. Financial services like PayPal canceling customers for their political views. Makeup companies like Maybelline making a mockery of women by supporting transgender models. And beer companies like Bud Light forcing gender ideology on you when all you want is to enjoy a cold beer. Thankfully, we don't have to fund these companies any longer with our hard-earned dollars. With Public Square, we now have a solution. It's simple. Join the movement of millions of patriotic Americans who love truth, our country, and our Constitution at publicsq.com. That's publicsq.com. Public Square is an app and website where you can get connected to tens of thousands of businesses from all different industries that share your value for life, family, and freedom. Whether you're looking to buy coffee, find a new athletic clothing that knows what a woman is, and shop for clean skin care, or simply find a new restaurant in your community that won't lecture you about your political views, publicsq.com is your resource. Public Square also offers discounts to many high-quality businesses on the platform so that you can actually receive incentive for spending money with companies that don't hate you. Public Square is free to join as consumer or a business owner. And you can get started today at publicsq.com. Remember, either as a consumer or a business owner, download the app now. That's publicsq.com, publicsq.com. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. A, uh, a not-so-fun fact about the congressional hearing that took place today about the uh, sexual exploitation of children on the Internet and on social media platforms, something you would think should be a nonpartisan and uncontroversial issue. I believe two of the four CEOs only appeared because they were subpoenaed to come testify. In other words, they did not willingly want to participate. Makes you uh, makes you think about the morals and ethics of these people. But Joe Allen, we got to let you go. We got Kristen Hawkins coming up. But your uh, concluding thoughts and where people can go to stay up to date. And I, I believe you wrote a book that has just a little something to do with all of this. 
Yes, uh, Dark Eon is exactly about all of this, including the uh, sad process of children being uh, induced to want to change their genders and the state becoming involved. Uh, you know, uh, just one concluding thought. It came up when we were covering the World Economic Forum and we spoke last time that uh, there are two forces that MAGA is sandwiched between trying to eke out a living and maintain something like an American tradition. Those are corporations that are completely reckless by their nature most of the time and a government that is increasingly tilted towards a potential totalitarianism. I think that it would be a mistake to go full pro-corporate like libertarians and obviously we think it's a mistake to want to go full government like the commies. We've got to find that place in between. Uh, whatever the way forward is, it will be between those two, that, that rock and the hard place. So that I, just to meditate on that, uh, the book is Dark Eon, Transhumanism and the War Against Humanity. Find it anywhere books are sold. I suggest bookshop.org. They're lefties, but they are human. Uh, thank you very much, Natalie. <laughs> Joe Allen, thank you so much for joining us. Now, our next guest, I believe, is new to the war room, but I am so honored to have her on. She's the president of Students for Life of America and their action group as well, Kristen Hawkins. You maybe have seen some of her, her viral videos on the Internet, but I know you are coming uh, hot uh, off the, uh, I believe you had your national kind of pro-life summit, your student action right. summit. Um, if you could sort of, you know, give the audience just a little bit about your organization, what you do, but where you think, I guess, for lack of a better word, the pulse uh, on the issue of abortion. Mm -hmm is uh, coming on the heels, whether it's the presidential straw poll results or just kind of the, the movement, uh, the activists, what they're focusing on right now. Sure. Well, thanks, Ashley. It's so good to be with you all. We host the, the world's largest pro-life conference every year, right after the pro-life march in Washington, D.C. It's called the National Pro-Life Summit with a number of partners. We sold out again this year with about 2,000, mostly young people who were energized and excited to continue on in their pro-life mission back home, whether on their campuses or in their communities. We, every day, are serving about 1,500 students for life groups in high school and college campuses. Um, so I would say, you know, we really have our finger on the pulse of the abortion conversation in this nation um, because we're talking to those who are most directly marketed to by Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, and especially when we start thinking about how young people, the most liberal and sadly, the, the largest voting bloc in America, how they're thinking about abortion when it comes to 2024. And so at our summit this year, we hosted the straw poll, and uh, President Trump uh, won that straw poll as the pro-life generation's choice for president. So we were really excited uh, to see these this generation really decide that they want to become engaged politically um, and, and really become pro-life first voters for life. So I'm just curious, you know, you hear, I think, before every election that there's these polls that say, oh, the younger generation is sort of turning Republican, but then it doesn't always seem to materialize, right? I'd look at 2022, even 2020 to some extent. Um, but it seems mm -hmm. like the issue of abortion is something that you really can get young people to, to right. galvanize around. So some of the polling that's yeah. been coming out lately, what do you think we're going to see come 2024? Do you think it's going to be yeah. something that gets young people to the polls, that makes them vote Democrat, makes them vote Republican? What's your sense of it? 
I think the party that talks about abortion and then goes on the offensive will be the party that wins. Our Dimitri Institute for Pro-Life Advancement, our polling research arm at Students for Life, we just released the results right before the Pro-Life March of our fifth annual uh, youth and abortion poll. And it wasn't shocking for those of us who are having these conversations. I think it was shocking for some others and some of our friends in the conservative movement. But 65% of this very liberal, uh, the least you know, church, I guess, block in our voting demographics said that they want some limits on abortion. So now the abortion lobby is going to take that and say, that means 65% want abortion. Uh, but that's not exactly what they're saying. What they're saying is they will tolerate some abortion, but they want to see limits on abortion. Well, that right there tells you that they're out of touch with Joe Biden, Kamal Harris, and the entire Democratic Party. In fact, less than one out of 10 young people that we polled, majority of whom were Democrat or independent, less than one out of 10 actually lined up with the Democratic National Committee's platform of abortion, which is abortion all nine months, whenever, and taxpayer-funded. Less than one out of 10 agreed with President Biden's dangerous and reckless moves from his HHS and FDA to unleash chemical abortion pills across our country that can lead women uh, to a lot of serious health uh, consequences, injury, infertility, and death, and are the drug of choice of sex abusers in our country. So when you're talking about we can win when you're talking about abortion. The key for Republicans, the key for conservatives is going to be, are you willing to talk about abortion? Do not listen to these tired inside the beltway consultants who have said for decades to stick your head in the sand on abortion. Because as we saw in 2022, those candidates, those elected officials who led and were unapologetic about their pro-life views and were able to compassionately and articulately explain what their views on abortion, those were the first races that we won and that were called. It was the candidates that didn't talk about abortion, where no one really knew where they stood. Those were the races we lost. And so, you know, if Republicans want to win in 2024, we know the playbook that the Democrats have. They've been very clear. I mean, Kamala Harris is now on her second campus tour uh, trying to, you know, galvanize young people to be excited for a president they know isn't really running the show every day. Um, they're not stupid. They realize this. They're trying to galvanize them on abortion. We have to be there and come back that and come back the lies and the misinformation that they're spreading. That is how we will win because young people do not buy what, what Planned Parenthood, what Joe Biden, what the DNC are selling when it comes to abortion. So when it comes to the GOP's messaging on this, what what advice would you, you give mm -hmm. them? Do you think they're doing a good job of getting that sort of, mm -hmm. I would say, very nuanced messaging out there? Mm -hmm. Or do you think they're letting the Democrats just kind of paint their stance or it's, you know, a stance by omission because they're not able to exactly. articulate? Yeah. How, how would you advise? Yeah, I would not be giving uh, Republicans a passing grade when it comes to talking about abortion. I mean, I live in the world, sadly, of TikTok, which, by the way, should be banned, uh, and Instagram, and what young people are talking about, what content they're getting fed every day. And it is lie after lie after lie. And they're not hearing uh, the facts from our side. They're not hearing their leaders, uh, their elected officials stand up and say, wait a minute, this is crazy. Why is an industry that profits off of a woman's despair telling you this information? You're not even second guessing whether or not it's correct information. Um, when we know we can win, especially when it comes to chemical abortion in this country, that's the leading 
type of abortion, while Republicans on Capitol Hill have been fighting, you know, about gestational limit laws, you don't even have to talk about gestational limit laws. Let's talk about chemical abortion, which is the leading cause of abortion, which TikTok is literally flooded with pro-choice young girls who still say that they support abortion, but have filmed themselves having chemical abortions, warning other girls how dangerous, how deadly these type of abortions are, that they're not even being told by the abortion industry. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that you know, rapists and sex abusers are order, you know, ordering these drugs illegally online. And they're able to continue perpetrating their crimes. Let's talk about the fact that these drugs are known endocrine disruptors by NIH public studies and should be on the EPA's list of forever chemicals because they're harming fish and animal and plant life in our public waterways when these active metabolites and these aborted children and the placental tissue and the, and the mother's blood are being flushed down our toilets. This is, a, this is an issue that can win, and we're seeing it on camera. Campuses. We change the minds of 15 to 19 percent of the young people we talk to when we start having a conversation about something that, that matters to them and they care about. And in terms of the Democrats, if they're voters aside, but they're sort of most radical uh, lawmakers, they seem to be sort of pursuing, like you said, this more radical, I mean, frankly, you know, two weeks until after the baby's born, they'd be okay with murder. Um, but where, as a policy platform, are they going on the issue? Are they becoming more radical? Are they reforming to try to cater to their voters? Where's their messaging? Their messaging is abortion whenever in all nine months with taxpayer funds. And we saw that last year when Joe, President Joe Biden literally wrote a letter endorsing the Women's Health Empowerment Act in the House of Representatives. They like to say it would codify Roe. In fact, it's even more extreme than Roe versus Wade, which I've already demonstrated. Less than one out of 10 young people, young voters, actually even agree with that. But they're winning when we don't call them out on this BS to say, wait a minute, this law that you are endorsing and championing actually would allow abortions for any reason up until the moment of birth. And every single Democrat in the U.S. Senate has voted against the, you know, the, the Abortion Survivor Infant Protection Act, saying that if a child is accidentally born alive in an abortionist office and is gasping for air, every single Democrat voted against giving that child oxygen or requiring the doctor to at least call the EMS to come and rescue the child. Like, this is unbelievable. It almost sounds like a conspiracy theory when you talk to young people about, because it sounds so crazy. They're like, what do you mean Democrats support that? There's no way my elected official supports that. And we're like, no, here, here's the facts. Let's pull it up on Google. I'll show you the bill. I'll show you the vote tally. This is what we need to expose. When you talk about abortion, when you expose the lies of the left and the extremism of the abortion lobby, we win. You cannot run from a bully. I've taught my kids that. I, I, I imagine most folks watching have taught their kids that. At some point, you have to stand up to the bully, and this is the time to do it. And real quick, we got about a minute before I have to let you go, and I want you to, to plug the group. But on the issue of birth control, because it seems like there's been a kind of push from the conservative side that, of course, Big Pharma is very opposed to the idea of trying to get young girls off of it. Do you think that's another kind of issue that Republicans should really galvanize around and have honest conversations about? Do you think that's a winning issue for us? Like I said, got about a minute. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we have to have honest conversations. I saw Kelly and Conway, some others were up on Hill with Independent Women's Forum trying to say, we need to be the party of birth control. That's like a 15-year-old thing that that's not even a case. When I'm talking to young girls, even pro-choice liberal girls on campuses now, they're getting off of hormonal birth control because they know how bad it is for their bodies. These are people who don't drink milk that's not organic, or they want to know exactly where their meat has come from, make sure, you know, or their corn, make sure there's no dangerous chemicals in it. And then we've been telling girls for, you know, decades to put these hormonal drugs that are fake hormones into their body. It literally changes the way our brain functions. So, yeah, we should be willing to have that discussion. We should be having the discussion. But birth control as a whole is not um, that is not the mission of the pro-life movement to end birth control. Uh, but I do think we need to be real about it and really show that it's a cycle. The, the abortion industry wants young girls to get on these hormonal drugs that change their behaviors as early as possible, because they know the earliest she gets on birth control pills, the more and likely she'll be engaged in sexual dangerous break. behavior. Yeah. So I, sorry to cut you off. We'll have you back. But if people want to support the group, follow you, where can they go to do all that? You can go to studentsforlife.org or studentsforlifeaction.org or look at my podcast, Explicitly Pro-Life. Kristen, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. Of course. And Warren Posse, we'll have Mike Howell, Mike Lindell. In the meantime, you can go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get the latest installment, The End of the Dollar For 10 years, Patriot Mobile has been America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. We need to stand together and support companies that share our values. Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage, giving you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you've been accustomed to, but without funding the left. If you're sick and tired of the globalist leftist takeover of America's corporations, go to PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon TV. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon TV and support a company that actually believes in America. When you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and our military veterans and first responder heroes. There. 100% U.S.-based customer service team makes switching incredibly easy. Keep your number. Keep your phone or upgrade. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash TV or call 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT and get free activation today with the offer code BANNON. PatriotMobile.com slash TV or call 972-PATRIOT. Remember, take action, use your agency, action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Welcome back to the War Room. I'm sure you guys have noticed we had a slight change up in my background. I thought it would be fitting since we're having Mike Howell on to discuss the border. This is an actual graphic. You can see the alligator and everything that a Democratic member of Congress uh, showed in a hearing yesterday saying that this is what Donald Trump wants to do to the southern border, including alligators. And I guess that's a sniper or something like that or this way. Um, And to that, I would say you are exactly right. Um, But someone who can break the issue down with much more granularity than that is, of course, Mike Howell from Heritage Oversight. Now, we've learned that the NGOs, the far, far left NGOs, are quite literally advising migrants to what is it, turn their cell phones off, the ones that the taxpayers are subsidizing, so we can actually track where they're going and how deeply they're being pushed into the interior of this country. Can you walk us through the latest on that front? 
Right. So why would these NGOs that you pay for be advising illegal aliens to turn off their cell phones when they get on buses? Well, the answer is because a year ago, we came on the war room to break an exclusive report where we tracked about 30,000 illegal aliens who were at NGOs and where they went into the border by looking at or into the interior by looking at their cell phone movement. We found they went into every nook and cranny of this country, every single congressional district but for one. It is a massive human resettlement program, one that is sophisticated and it goes into every last part of this country. And I think that's why they're advising them to turn their cell phones off. They want to evade detection. Well, the advancements we're making in the deportation sciences and technologies, we'll be able to catch up with them. Come 2025, I think you'll see the biggest deportation scheme in American history. And just one more point, these NGOs, that are advising migrants not only how to get into the country, but paying for them to get elsewhere into the interior and telling them to evade detection. These are who Senator Lankford and Mayorkas want to give the biggest payday in the history of this country with this massive behemoth uh, immigration and open borders bill that is advancing in the Senate. And Mike, I know we had Senator... I guess, was it Mike Rounds? There's a lot of mics to keep track of, uh, who's a Republican, not a Democrat from South Dakota, who basically said that what you just said, what I said, uh, that we're actually just Russian trolls parroting Russian talking points because uh, we want to tank the border issue so Ukraine can, you know, get more or not get any more aid. Uh, your thoughts on that ridiculously asinine statement? Yes, I think uh, Senator Rounds either owes American patriots an apology or some evidence, and I don't think he has the latter. Those tweets weren't coming from Russia. They were coming from across the street here at the Heritage Foundation and with our allies who are absolutely disgusted while this country is being invaded, that Secretary Mayorkas, while he's being impeached in the House, is invited over to play patty cake with the Senate to try to get billions and billions more dollars to fund this invasion all because they just want to get more money to Ukraine. It is a song and a dance during a critical time in this country's history, and our elected representatives should be doing everything they possibly can to secure the homeland. They're not. They're concerned with Ukraine first, and that is wrong. And I think Senator Rounds with those comments saying that it's Russian trolls. No, he's hearing from patriots across the country, and the patriots are right. And Mike, you guys always do such wonderful work with your investigations, whether it's COVID origins, the border. Uh, before I let you go, what are you guys working on now? Where are you guys heading with your investigations? What are you focusing on? So we're diving into the election space head first. I think we're up for what's going to be one of the craziest quote unquote elections in American history. We're seeing lawfare at an unprecedented scale. Joe Biden's turned the federal government into a voter registration and mobilization operation in left wing only areas. And for those demographics, he thinks will vote for them. We're seeing an invasion uh, of illegal aliens and the loosening of, of voter integrity measures. So the vulnerabilities there are immense. That's where our efforts need to be focused. But along the way, we're not stopping elsewhere. I'm looking you know, particularly at this transgender infrastructure of recruitment uh, that is being built out in the federal government agency by agency so that we can dismantle it in 2025. But if you want to give us a fall at Oversight PR, we're doing doc dumps every single day that show the radical excesses of this administration. Mike Howell, thank you so much for joining us. We'll have you on soon. Thank you, Natalie.
Of course. I think it was uh, Milton Friedman who said an open border doesn't coexist quite well uh, with a welfare state. I would add an open border doesn't coexist quite well with verification and ID free elections. Uh, I also am sure Milton Friedman would probably be a fan of uh, Birch Gold. So you can go to birchgold.com slash Bannon to get your latest installment of the end of the uh, dollar empire. And while you're at it, you can also go to my lifestyle brand, she's so right.co. We have a men's line. And if you want to get a nice Valentine's day for your girlfriend or, or wife, uh, you can go to she's so right.co to shop all of that now entirely made in the USA. And speaking of products that are made in the USA, we, of course, have Mike Lindell from MyPillow joining us to give us, who I also think would like my background, uh, to give us the latest on the deals that we have uh, for the War Room community from you guys over at MyPillow. Well, thanks, Natalie. And I want everybody to tell you I'm back in Minnesota with my, my factory. And they, uh, we just had a great event in uh, Las Vegas where we announced the LindellPlan.com. Everybody go there, LindellPlan.com. And that's why they've been trying to cancel me out and cancel my pillow. And we are the War Room Posse. We got in on Monday all the flannel sheets. The last of the flannel is in. So and they're as low as twenty nine ninety eight. There they are. You get they they're they're not going to last long. This is it for the season. All the colors are there right now. They came in on Monday. All the new colors. Get them right now. Last time you guys just uh, grabbed them and you guys love these are the best flannel sheets ever. Free shipping on your entire order. Promo code War Room eight hundred eight seven. Seven three one zero six two. Now, remember, on Fox, we had the blanket commercial. All the blankets came in a week ago. Every kind of blanket and the best blankets ever. Get those on sale. And here, the, the MyPillow 2.0, the best pillow in history. Remember, we've sold over 83 million MyPillows now. This is the lowest price ever, $29.98 on the MyPillow 2.0 queen size, king size, $5 more. Now that I've been telling all the war room posse, get the uh, the beds that we make 100% in the USA and the mattress toppers and the MyPillow 2.0. This keeps my factory workers going and you'll get the best sleep in history and you'll take advantage of those big discounts plus the free shipping. Mike Lindell, give us that phone number one more time so the posse can uh, pile yeah. in and support you. Yeah, eight, call right now. They're right down below me, all my call center. They, they love your call, 800-873-1062. That's exclusive specials for the War Room Posse. Get those flannel sheets. The towel sets, too, by the way, everybody got all the new colors in. Six-piece sets, $29.98. You can't beat it. Mike Lindell, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Nellie. Of course. And War Room Posse, thank you for hanging with me. Don't worry, Steve is back for the 6 p.m., going to be going through with a uh, fine-toothed comb. Uh, Speaker Johnson's latest speech and the latest on the Ukraine war, I believe. So he'll be back. Like I said, go to she'ssoright.co to support me and support my entirely USA-made lifestyle brand. Thank you so much for hanging with me for the last hour. You guys have a good one. Tax Network USA is pure war room for solving your IRS tax problems. If you owe back taxes, COVID was your lucky break. Tax court shut down, the IRS paused, and you skated. Well, baby, that party is over. The IRS is adding 20,000 enforcement agents, basically tax cops. Honest, hardworking Americans like you are in the crosshairs. Rich people have tax lawyers, and you don't. You'll pay up, plus interest and penalties. TaxUSA Network has brilliant war room-type strategies designed to solve your IRS problem quickly in your favor. Never call the IRS yourself. You're at their mercy. 
You could sit on hold for six to eight hours and get hung up on, grind you for all your back taxes, plus interest and penalties. Tax Network USA attorneys have a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to talk to and who to avoid. If they get difficult agent, hey, they just call a different agent. Tax Network USA learned of a limited time special IRS offer. The IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Schedule your free confidential consultation with Tax Network USA. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. Think about that. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. They offer a best-in-class client satisfaction guarantee. Now call one 800 245 That's one 800 245 And visit Tax Network USA. That's TNUSA.com slash Bannon. TNUSA.com slash Bannon. Make sure you take action on this today. This IRS grind is only going to get much worse. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code warroom at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. Warroomhealth, all one word, warroomhealth.com. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.